going on everybody? This is Frisky Morris Sessions with another installment of the Out of Towners. This episode is number 28 and is actually our 140th episode of the podcast, so pretty awesome for that. Uh, we sat down at this awesome restaurant right on State Street with nobodies from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, this interview was definitely one that was a lot more kind of getting to know the people and just hearing awesome stories. Uh, someone that has been a longtime friend of the band came to the dinner and was showing photos of them when they were renting hotel rooms to record albums back in the 90s and early 2000s and all the captions on the back of them and joking around and reminiscing about kind of those photos and things like that. and. Getting to talk to JJ and Josh from the band uh, at this restaurant before the show was really just awesome because they were such nice people. I kind of interrupted their dinner to do this interview and they were so awesome and hey, you should like have this food. They had a margarita ready for me when I got there. And I think it just speaks to kind of the whole idea of Frisky Morrison Friends and the podcast that building these relationships with people from all over the United States and Canada and Europe uh, is really, really awesome and important. And hearing these stories is just like, everyone has a story to tell. And I feel if you have a connection to the music, those stories are that much more important and you get a lot more out of it. And I feel with a band like Nobody's, there's been ups and downs and sideways with them and they're just awesome people and I'm glad to after all these interviews call these bands my friends uh, and it's just been a, a awesome time 140 episodes so uh, definitely keep up with us check out past episodes all that good stuff but with this episode with the no but with nova just with nobodies um we talked about kind of their lineup changes the differences in recording and the songwriting process from the late 90s to their uh latest release that they did and kind of the whole thing of the pc world in punk now where everyone is hypersensitive to things where punk used to be that grimy in your face like the extreme example of gg allen and just kind of like giving zero fucks what people think of you um to now it's some of the songs that the no that nobody's put out would not have been able to be put out <laughs> in 2017 we'll just put it like that uh so we talk a little bit about that talk about kind of what i was talking about building that network uh when they go on tour in the early days to now just building those friendships every time you go through town and then every show after that gets a little bit better because you're building that rapport with the scene and really just awesome conversation can't wait for you guys to hear it definitely the restaurant is a little loud so you definitely get to feel like you're at the table with us <laughs> but i just want to thank them so much for taking time out of their meal to uh to cram me into their booth uh so we can do this interview and share with you guys uh so with the music we pulled two tracks from their latest release that was called hussy that came out in november of 2016 and then two tracks are pulled from nobody's split with the raging nation raging 
Nathan's uh, that came out in May of 2016. Uh, so all four of these songs were released in 2016 last year, uh, kind of the most current recordings. And both of these releases uh, are off Rad Girlfriend Records based out of Dane, Ohio. Uh, so definitely check out Rad Girlfriend Records and pick up these releases if you really dig them. A uh, little teaser into what's coming up in the podcast. Some other out-of-towners will be talking with Pears and Russian Girlfriend when they're in town at Reggie's on the 11th. And then we'll be sitting down with Sleepy Under 47 for a Frisky Moore session and an another band to be announced. We have our album review roundtable coming up, uh, highlighting Chicagoland releases from July, August, and September. So if you're in a Chicagoland band or know of a band from the area that put out a record in July, August, or September, definitely find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Send us an email, send us a message uh, sharing the music so we can further promote the awesome scene that we have in Chicago. Um, and then also All Hands on Deck Fest is a festival that I am helping put on with Davey Dynamite and Change the Rotation and Don't Panic is a Distro. Uh, it's a two-day festival, October uh, Friday, October 13th, Saturday, October 14th at Cobra Lounge. It is all ages, again, all ages. Uh, at Cobra Lounge, <laughs> don't see that every day, so definitely take advantage of it. Tickets are available. There's an event page on Facebook and an All Hands on Deck uh, Facebook page as well to get updates and more information. Uh, so enough jibber jabba, enough plugs, enough of all that stuff. Let's get into the here and now. Uh, this is Frisky Morrison Friends with the Out of Towners episode 28 featuring nobodies from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Enjoy.
What is your favorite type of Vaseline in a magazine? <laughs> yes. What is going on everybody? This is Frisky Morris Sessions with another installment of the Out of Towners. For those of you unfamiliar with this format, I have bands from, you guessed it, out of town here in Chicago. We shoot the shit about their hometown and their experiences touring and then kind of what to expect playing all around the world and just getting to know them as people, as musicians, as band members. I am fortunate enough to be at this really fucking fancy restaurant on State Street uh, with some of the members of Nobodies, No The, just Nobodies. <laughs> um, let's go introduce yourself, what you play in the band so people can match audio to who's talking when. I'm JJ and I play bass guitar. I'm Josh and I play guitar. Nice. Alright, so I guess let's go way, way back to the late 90s with a little, little origin story of how the band got formed, how you knew the original members, and kind of how you decided to play the type of music you ended up playing with Nobodies. Um, well, <laughs> see, I'm not good at this. I I, I'm not good at everything. Um, well, me, Justin, and Randy, technically, I'm the only original member that they joined. Sure. But they're, they're the ones everybody knows from all the records. Um, we all went to high school together. Okay. Uh, Randy and Justin knew each other since first grade. I met those guys in ninth grade, and we started a band in high school, and I mean, some a lot of those songs that are on some of those first records we wrote in high school, like our high school band. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we just all grew up together. We were locker partners. So are you all originally from Colorado Springs? Like I see you got the, like the Steelers on your hand and stuff. Uh, no. Um, all kind of like transplants? Th th no, those guys are from the Springs. I moved there in 1986. Okay. I moved there when I was 14 years old. Okay. So. Nice. And then Josh, I'm, how did... I'm from Boston. From not, Boston originally? Not, I do have the Steelers type <laughs> on my hand, but I'm not from there. I'm from Boston. He was born in Maine. I was born in Maine. Ooh, okay. I'm a Mainer. <laughs> yeah. And then Josh, how did you, how did you find yourself, kind of being part of the lineup for this current tour and whatnot? I met. Thank you. I met JJ and uh, I was playing with the Queers. Okay. A couple years ago, and we did a tour with the Nobodies, and I met JJ, and we got along real good. Nice. Because I get along with everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I'm super tight. Yeah. <laughs> I dropped cheese in your margarita here. Sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got it out. <laughs> and then I'd asked him, I'd asked JJ if he wanted to put out a, if let me put out a record. So we did a split with my band. And then we did the Hussy LP on Red Girlfriend Records. And then yeah. JJ asked if I wanted to play on a tour. This is like my third or fourth tour with the Nobodies. Okay. Yep. That's awesome. We, we, we still play with the original dudes. Yeah. But just the age we are and the, the caliber band we are, most people can't go out. Yeah. Can't go out for three weeks to a month, you know, lose their job. I fortunately can because I own my own business and my wife is rad. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it lets me do <laughs> it and um, <laughs> just take care of everything so I can do it. Yeah. So a lot of the tours is, is me. You know, Randy and them do some some tours, but it's usually me with other 
good friends with another man. You want one of these tuna tacos? I do Ooh. want a tuna taco. This is like the ahi tuna. And though. this isn't so. th this isn't joke. <laughs> yeah. We're really into this is this is real life. This is real tuna, real tuna fish. So when do you think there was that moment for you guys in high school playing music that you're like, we can really do this and we can like go on tour and like, what was that like first moment for you that was like, oh shit, this is like an actual thing that like we can tour in Europe and globally and all over the states with it? Um, I don't, know, it, I, I don't know if I even had that moment. You yet. just like yeah. ended up on stage, you looked around, yeah. and you're like, oh shit, I'm we, here. We were just dumb kids and playing this little stupid band. And then as soon as we graduated high taco. school, I got that book your own fucking life. And I was like, let's do this. I mean, yeah. Um, I just met some bands coming through that did that. And, I, and so I booked our first tour. We put our first yeah, right. seven each other And we just said, let's do this. And then we just kind of got hooked. We bought, we bought a thousand dollar van and did a two week tour. Yeah. Probably played five shows in two weeks, but you know, just we just yeah. kind of got hooked to the lights out, and then we just started doing it. Um, uh, I ended up, I got asked to play bass in a bigger band, The Parasites. Yeah. So I did it. I did it. It was awesome and fun, but I, in my mind, I did it to meet people in the connection. I met a lot of people on that tour, and then I ended up booking another Nobody's tour, and then. You know, we put out our own records, the first couple records ourselves, and that's when Hopeless Records started. And that's what they liked about us, is we just said, fuck it. We're just, we're doing it. We're doing it. We were out there doing it. We didn't care if anybody liked us. We just wanted to do it. When I, like, talk to people about, like, oh, what's the secret to getting on a label and stuff, and it's like, not, don't try to get on a label. Yeah, it's just like, if you're a hardworking band, people are going to notice that. Yeah. And like you were saying, like, making those connections and stuff like that, where it's like what for like that first tour you booked was there like what was the biggest thing you learned from like booking that first tour all by yourself um i don't know uh was there some that were just like ah oh, yeah, fuck yeah yeah <laughs> most of the shows were shitty you know yeah. but the biggest thing we learned was we all got into punk rock in the 80s early to mid 80s you know, it, it was common to go to a punk show and there'd be 25 kids there, 30 kids there. But those 25, 30 kids were stoked. Yeah. Dancing, it was like a, I don't want to sound lame, but like a unity thing. There was some like bond to it. Yeah. It was just fucking awesome. And then, I, you know, just reading interviews back and flip side with their hours. And I still to this day remember reading an interview with Dukowski from Black Flag. And one of the best things I ever heard anybody said. He's like, I don't care if there's 500 people there or five. He goes, you play your ass off every night. Because those five people that are there, it's not their fault that the other 400 people didn't show up. You play your ass off with those five people. And I always had that mentality. That's an awesome way to look know, at it, yeah. Do it, do it to have fun. And, you know, who cares? You know, we play big festivals for 1,000 people or you play for 10 people in a basement. Yeah. Part of, part of going back to one of your questions. Um, oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> you asked like how, I think what you were getting at was how the band kind of became how we were. Yeah. Going back to like our high school band and even our first 7-inch, we were just a normal punk rock band, you know. We, I, I was, we were big fans of like the Circle Jerks, the Angry Samoan, yeah. you know, DOA, you know, just, just straight, just punk rock. Yeah. Um, and that's all we were, and then just the, the time, you know, this is 92. 91, 92, we first started playing, 93, and that's when the PC movement started happening. And the, the PC movement kind of created the nobody. Like, we didn't set out to go, hey, we're gonna write songs about tits and jerking off and fucking, but we were told by so many people that we couldn't, 
and you shouldn't do that. You're gonna offend somebody, or you can't write a song yeah. like that. You can't say this and that, which made us go, "Fuck you!" Here you go now. Like, yeah. I remember us talking um, to these kids, and fucking talking rad. about some girl, and this and that, <laughs> and somebody was telling a story about fucking their friend's girlfriend, this and that. I go, "I'm gonna write a song called I want to fuck girlfriend." They're eating people like, "You can't do that. You can't do that." And I'm like. Bullshit! Uh, no, I'm, I'm like, why can't I? I go. <laughs> my arrogant in punk rock was, you, 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 you did what, what you wanted. Yeah, that, it's like it's like the rebellion within the rebellion. Exactly. Like it's so and, weird and, that and, that even and, has to happen. And I think it's, I, I think that that, that era is gone. I mean, yeah. I, I think this day and age, people are just so uber ready to get up there, upset about anything. Fa- yeah, yeah, false outrage. So, like I said, that that's kind of how the band went down that road too. Like you yeah. guys are porno punk. I'm like. Well, I guess yeah, we kind of turned into that. We didn't we didn't set out to be like, hey, we're gonna write something. Yeah. But the more people said you shouldn't do something, that's why we did it. You yeah. Know? I mean, we were just average, you know, 19, 20 year old guys that I mean, who don't look at girls in bars, look at girls' tents, watch pornography. And, but we just decided to write shitty punk rock songs about it. Yeah. Because we were told we couldn't or we shouldn't. <laughs> So that, I remember kind of how the band got kind of went down that down that yeah. road. I remember just, you guys were like on some skate videos and stuff like that. Were any of you really big into skating? Was it like I, a, I, what came first, the chicken or the egg, skateboarding or punk, or no, was I, that just kind of like the style I, of music? I actually was a big skateboarder. Those other two guys weren't. Yeah. Justin can barely walk. <laughs> he can barely put two feet in front of him and walk down the side of the I was a big skateboarder. I got into that's how I got into punk rock. I mean, I went right from like breakdancing, Duran Duran, to I just I moved I moved to a new town. The kid I hung out with was just a skateboarder, so of course I got a skateboard. I was 13, and his older brother gave me a compilation. It had, like I said, it had DOA, Circle Jerk, Dead Kennedy, and then he was old. His older brother was like, "Hey, let me check." And I, so I just started skateboarding. Then he and I, you know, about 13, 14, I lived on Cape Cod, okay. which is about 45 miles, you know, south of Boston. Yeah. His older brother was like, hey, we're going up to this show. And I'm like, what do you mean show? Like, there's this whole world I knew nothing about. Like, we're going to go see this band. And I'm like, okay. So we all took the bus up. I was a kid. And next thing you know, I'm in Boston in the fucking punk scene. Walking, and it was just like, from that day, it changed my fucking life. I yeah. walked in, I went, what is this fucking world? All these kids with fucking bands. I'm there crammed, you know, 100 kids crammed in this tiny room. Yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome. And it, I mean, just that experience changed my life, you know? Was it but, a but, bit? But, 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 that, yeah. So, yeah, I, I wasn't a skateboarding. And then we moved from Massachusetts to Colorado. I went out there, I was skating around, met some friends, and I busted my skateboard in half, and I picked it up, and I kind of just was like, well, that was the end of that, and I got a guitar, like, there's a couple weeks before Christmas, I got my first guitar, Christmas, so I just went, well, and I just, I kind of just stopped skating and started playing, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, the skating just kind of faded away. What for you was, like, the biggest difference as a kid going from that kind of, like, thriving, like, East Coast, like, hey, I can crazy now and see, huh? I can do a nollie flip. There you go. Shit. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the skateboard, yeah. I have an eight-year-old daughter who just recently got way into skateboarding. She's way into punk rock, too. And she, I don't let her listen to this, ma'am. <laughs> like, we're good friends with Teenage Bottle Rocket. Like, we I vacation with Ray and our kids play together. Awesome. So she's a huge Bottle Rocket fan, London fan, descendant, you know, all the, all the things you would think an eight-year-old girl would like. Uh-huh. Um, but she just recently got into skateboarding, 
which kind of referred to me like I just got my first skateboard since 1986. Oh shit! So what are you riding? We gotta get. We gotta get what. What are you riding? Are I don't, you like I, an Element Man? Are you just like whatever fucking works? I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a buddy named Chris Patton, who's a kind of a professional skateboarder. Okay. And he just gave me one of his old decks. I don't even know what it is. But he's all here. You go. Because I, my daughter's just learning. Yeah. And I, and my, I'm just like, I'm gonna relearn at 45 with my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And we're actually the and try not to bust yeah. my shit. Yeah. We're building a little half pipe in our backyard right now. That's and, awesome. And Josh witnessed it. Uh, at a guy's house a couple days ago, I dropped into a little half pipe. Hell yeah. Boom. <laughs> I went down once, went up the other side, and then fell right on my fucking ass. But yeah. I did it. I did it. And you're so. like, nope, that's it. All right. So yeah, so, so 30 years later, I'm now going to try to learn how to skateboard again. That's awesome. Do you feel that like going from like East Coast, Boston, like New York, like that, like scene yep. to Colorado, it was, like, it was, I feel it was, like it was a fucking culture shock. Were you, like, were you like the I, punk kid or was there like well, its own little like couple kids? I, no, I was. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> it, it was. Cause I got into punk rock and, I, and it's weird. My memory of it seems so huge. I've probably seen 20 shows in Boston before my dad retired and moved to Colorado. Um, but that period of time was only like less than a year and a half. But I mean, I saw, you know, Verbal Assault, I saw Dag Nasty, I saw him, I saw fucking Embrace, you know, between <laughs> between Minor Threat before Fugazi, yeah. um, oh, to Token Entry, Agnostic Front, Youth of Today, yeah. you know, um, Warzone. Oh, I, I kind of started, I started out as an East Coast hardcore kid. Yeah. You know, because that's, 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 that, Ray Capo. Yeah, real fucking <laughs> <A. laughs> So that's how, that's how I, yeah. you know, Man, those were the first shows I saw. Man. And so we moved back and I had that, like, that's what I listened to. I listened to Minor Threat, Dag Nasty. Um, all that stuff. I moved out there. There wasn't that scene. Wasn't and, and this this was 1986. So I'm the kid of the and I was a big outcast in Colorado, but I did meet a couple other local yeah punk kids. But they were into like the Misfits, the Ramones, the okay. Descendants, and and it kind of like so I kind of went down that route. A little bit so, of this, a little bit of yeah, that. Yeah. So and it kind of so that kind of morphed. That's when I was born. You <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck> yeah. <laughs> <He> old. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a little break. You're going to listen to more music from Nobodies, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about recording, discography, songwriting process, and all that stuff. But for now, enjoy more music. Choking in the the motherfucker came me out. me out, the motherfucker came me out.
you just listen to more music from Nobodies. And let's get into discography for a little bit. Um, you ready? Nice. What would you say from the first kind of seven inches and the first full length to <laughs> Hussy, what would you say is the biggest difference in recording for the band? Um, I don't know. Your qual <laughs> yeah. quality of yeah, the, the recordings got way, way better. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can, you can come up with a way better sound. Are you guys as a band always the like one and done? It's like one weekend, you're in, you're out? Or oh, is yeah. it just like get in there when you can and it drags on for like a couple months? Story, <laughs> story of my life, buddy. <laughs> we're, 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 still for years, years, but... we're still talking about records. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> no, I mean, if you listen to the first record to the last record, each one was com almost completely different. Yeah. You know, the first record, like I said, a lot of those songs we wrote in fucking high school. And then yeah. we recorded it, we weren't even 21. And the second record, we, we got first get signed, and then it was kind of, kind of, it was, we went out I, and we recorded it more from the band. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the, it's kind of influenced the record. That record's like real fast. You know And it, it just kind of turned out that way. Yeah. And then Generation Triple X was kind of really like, like, in my like opinion, like what the band sponsor? sounded like. That, okay. was, that was us. We finally were like, wrote, wrote songs, it wasn't like doing old songs. And, and we took our time, went to a good studio. I mean, we still, like, we did it, we did it less than a week, but we, we it, it, that's the record we really wanted to do. Yeah. And then, and then like even Hussy now, it's half, it sounds like the old stuff, so it's the new, because we're not, we're not 19, 20 years old anymore, <laughs> yeah. we're, in our, we're in our 40s, so. Yeah. It's hard to write a song Life about, changes, about, shit changes, yeah, yeah. Teen girl boobs and jerking off when you're 40 and you got kids at home. Yeah. You, still, a, you just grow up and you become better musicians. You still get to yeah. so, like a fucking 19 year old though. Yeah, I like how it was like your fist forearm, like this is, yeah. We have this thing called the mother load we're, we're working on. Hey, it's very important. It's a very, it's a very important thing. Yeah. Do you feel that having those producers like helped or hindered the band's writing process, or was it something that you already had all the songs 100% written before you went into the yeah, studio? Yeah, the songs were written, but they ended up playing. It's like try it a little faster. Try it a little this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you ever feel that, like, at a point you were just doing what they told you to do just so they would shut up? Or was it always no, kind of like constructive, no, like, no, give and take? They were out of song, but I'm just yeah. more talking about the sound, the way the yeah. record sounds. So I guess, like, is it weird for you, Josh, like, putting out Hussy and, like, doing the, what was it, Raging Nathan split? With them, oh. was it was it kind of like a fan first, and then like nerding out and like being like, hey, I, really, I really like you guys. Can you guys like? My whole musical career has been a fucking nerd fanning out. <laughs> I have no idea how. I I literally am just some fucking kid, and I got really lucky. I saw the first nobodies that I was exposed to was Girl Like You. Off of the hopeless um, cinema beer nuts video. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had like mustard plug on, and uh, MXPX was on that video, I think. And um, shit, you know. So this whole thing is a fucking trip for me, man. Yeah. And, and, but it's like, you know, it's cool because I, I, you know, I got to play in the queers for a couple years, and yeah. every now and then Joe will call me, and ask me. That's how I met JJ and those guys. And it's like I've been afforded all these opportunities. 
you know, because because of that. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's fucking super fun. And it's like, to meet somebody like JJ and, and the rest of the guys. Because I'm rad. I'm fucking rad. <laughs> yeah, he's like really, but it, really friendly. You know, you meet a lot of people who are stupid assholes, man. And those aren't the people I want to be around. And so it worked out well, the, re- the record and then the, the split with the Raging Athens. I mean, that was like, all of a sudden, my band has a fucking, you know? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I actually got to write the lyrics for a nobody song called Brown Street Pimp. Dang, was that like, was that a full circle moment for you? Like, growing up listening to that band and then like writing music with that band? Was well, it, was, it, like... it was frustrating because like, well, I was like, what do I do? Do I write a song about fucking or something? And I'm like, no, you can't do that. So I had to write something that was equally like in that vein. But, you know. Nice. And Maximum Rock and Roll took a shit all over it, and they were like, this is the most racist uh, Like this, it does with everything. Yeah, they thought it was racist. <laughs> well, they thought it was, like, like the cover is, like, Jason Goad, who, who's, like, his comic book guard, he drew the cover, and it's, like, this, like, pimp, you know, he's got, he's got, like, two... Yeah. Six, five, <laughs> but, Taylor Wayne in Yeah, yeah it's a cop Because, like, on the cover, she's... Uh, 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 what is it, a great-ass tit? She's got the fuck... It says nobodies across the shirt, and so he drew that as one of the chicks. <laughs> and Max and Robert was like... This is a you know oh, yeah. racist because they thought they thought they were saying brown street pimp. Uh, like no, it's like no. the brown street pimp. You know they didn't even, they didn't even <laughs> listen to as it. As in this, it's on Brown Street where he lives in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Oh man, Mr. Ryan. <laughs> So that's another thing, kind of like being older and kind of all being all over the place with this like latest record and like the kind of the writing process for the band now. Do you, how does that work kind of being so far away from everyone? Or is it just kind of like you're the primary songwriter and then get together and just like jam out yeah, kind of well, the well, that, ideas that, that you had? That record, which actually is the first time I'm saying it in any interview, was so in about 2001, 2002, when the nobody just kind of stopped playing, I joined a country band called Drag the River. Yeah. Have you heard of them? So I was in Drag the River um, with Chad from All, John from Martin, Chad Martian. And then Justin was playing in the Queers at that time. But we all just started, the nobody's never really broke up. But we all just started playing with different things. Yeah. And then we all, when we got back together, I started writing these like more rock and roll songs. So I started a band called Hussy. And, and then Justin ended up joining on drums, who's a nobody drummer. Rodney ended up joining on guitar, and Randy. So it was essentially every member of the Nobodies. But we are just called Hussy, playing more fucking just like rock and roll songs. Yeah. And, but we never recorded. So then I'm working on the new Nobodies record. I had some, you know, some of those songs that I really liked that I wanted to get out there. So that's why it's like half kind of nobody's half. And that's why the record, the record's called Hussy because it's almost, yeah. it's almost like a record split between two bands. That's crazy. And it was all like by accident, like it ended up being a nobody's. Exactly. So a lot of those songs are from our other band called Hussy. Yeah. Um, which, so we're actually working on our new record right now, and it's it's pretty fast. It's, it's more real old school, hard, fast. You know, punk rock. Fuck yeah. Well, ironically, the the first tour I did with the Queers, Justin, from the Nobodies, was playing drums on that tour. (laughs) And so I spent a month with him before I met JJ. Yeah. And that's like when I had... When he likes me, (laughs) way better. (laughs) I felt like Justin didn't like... He just didn't talk to me the whole time. (laughs) But now we're talking. Yeah. That was when I had the Queers on when they played Chop Shop. 
last year, two years ago now? Shit. Adam. Was, was Justin with him? It was two bigger guys, and one was from like Nashville, Kentucky. Yeah, that, that, that's Alex. Okay. Uh, they call him uh, yeah, Hog Yes. That's our buddy Alex. He's awesome. Alex. Who, Hog Yeah, Hog Alex is awesome. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. One of the yeah. best. I toured with him too. So did I. Do you feel that? Because I even know like. A couple years ago when you did the European tour, it was like you and, uh, uh, it was you and Randy, and then you had like two people and you were like, we haven't played with this guy in 14 years, and like we're playing with this guy for the first time, so hopefully this goes well. It was, it was Francis. Okay. It was Randy and Francis from Blue Ridge and Wood. The whole lot of Hood, we just did Justin to do the tour, we had Kyle playing. Okay. So yeah, it, it was Randy and Francis. Do you feel that like the revolving lineup adds to the music, where you're getting different people's perspectives on playing it live, or do you feel like you're kind of always like, like trying to like jumpstart a car. Definitely, yeah. No, no. I think it's awesome, especially I, the, I the show you're gonna see tonight. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of one of the funnest best lineups I've had. I, I, like I, I said, supposedly we had Josh, won the like, weird, like slow death, maybe Nathan. Like a, uh, like all these like, like a free in, vacation um, and like like uh, a, a dopamine. He's in the dopamine. Yeah. So, but I had to put yeah, so like he's in the band and he's been in the band for a couple years now. Timmy from the Lillington is playing drums. And I called her and told her. You know, fans really cool, of the band right? that yeah. take their own <laughs> little take on the song. And then Adam's been in the band for about five years, going on six years. I think. Yeah. Um, so he, he's a regular member. So me and him have been in the band for, for a long time. So yeah, but it's just, yeah, you get different perspectives and just different uh, styles. And it, you, win, like, you know, it's the same song, but they're played a little different. So, like, sometimes these, it's like, awesome, sometimes it's not. Yeah. This, this lineup right now is fucking Fuck yeah. I'm pumped to see it. Which is probably going to stay in the lineup for quite some time. Nice. We're gonna listen to another song from Nobody's. JJ's gonna eat a little something, and then when we come back, we're gonna do our traditional speed round and wrap this little interview up in a pretty little bow. So for now, enjoy more music.
troll Don King thing going on. All right, we're back. You just listen to more music from Nobody's. We're gonna do our speed round real quick. I'm gonna finish this margarita and get ready for talk, the show. Talk, talk about straight edge bands some more. Yeah. <laughs> Why we're oh, drinking margaritas? straight edge bands while I'm drinking margaritas, like itching to go outside and have a cigarette. <laughs> but much, much respect. I do. Um, all right, so typical interview questions. Some of them are corny, some of them are not. The, the answer that pops into your head first is probably the correct answer. We're not looking for the coolest answer. We're kind of looking for the embarrassing answers. So without further ado, you'll answer as an individual. Okay. All right. First record, cassette, vinyl, physical piece of music you bought with your own money. Uh, we are the world seven inch. <laughs> yep. This is why we do this. I think it was Suffer. Okay. My battery. Favorite alcoholic beverage? Jägermeister. Oh man, you really are from Boston. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> All right. Liquor. Liquor. Not not a whiskey, tequila, rum, buy vodka. Buy a drink Just liquor. Just liquor. <laughs> if nobody's officially are done forever, no going back, where are you playing your last show as a band? The gas station. <laughs> um, wow. Some gas station generator show <laughs> running the extension cord. <laughs> Probably Appleton, Wisconsin in two days. <laughs> it's the last show to the All right. Um, favorite nobody's song to play live? Dude's gonna shoot. Why do I look All like right. that? <laughs> favorite nobody's song to play live? Scarred by Love. All right. If you could nerd out about one topic other than music, what would it be? Horror movies. <coughs> Aliens. <laughs> Aliens? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that weird? I don't know. <laughs> if you, well, so, yeah. either like as a vocalist or as a musician, uh, do you have one band or one musician that you aspire to be when you play your instrument? So like, <laughs> for guitar or for bass, like, did you have one person growing up that you were like, oh man, I want to play like that guy? John Entwistle. The, okay. the Ox. The Ox. And for you punk kids, look him up. <laughs> yeah. Me? Yeah, you. Oh, fuck everybody. <laughs> Are you doing your picture? Yes, I am. If you could pinpoint one band that got you into punk, what would that band be? The Clash. This one is a little deep. So there's a music professor uh, from Columbia University here that said music is just like photography, like cinematography, like painting. It's an art form. And thank you very much. And certain artists, when they're creating their art, have something in mind of how the audience is going to perceive their piece of art. So I know this is, you probably don't always think of nobody's as art, but as musicians, as abstract, abstract, as musicians, yeah, as artists, what do you want someone to walk away with? Either a feeling or a message 
after listening to a boner, record or a, boner. Yeah. or a live show. Boner? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did it get in the nose? Not in the nose. Not that bad. I'll do that. Boner? Just a smile on their face. Yeah. Realizing that this world ain't so fucking serious. Smile on their lips. <laughs> So that was it. Any um, plugs? Anything to look forward to? Butt plugs. Look forward to that. Uh, anything else coming up? New recordings, new music, another tour after this one. We actually have a couple recordings coming up. We're working on a new album. We're working on a split. Maybe with uh, John Cooper, John Finch, and who else? Maybe? Big, uh, 30 Foot Fall, maybe. Okay. We're talking to those guys. And uh, we're doing a cover uh, record. Of all chick, chick artists. Nice. So yes, we're gonna do a latest more, more set song. Oh, like yes. Miley Cyrus, oh, Madonna, yes. Joe Jet. JJ has a song called Slut that he's working on. I, it's done. It's done. <laughs> One final question, and this is just for shits and giggles. Do you feel that Fat Rex ripped you guys off when they did their comp that was called Fast Songs? Or short songs for short people. No, I don't think they probably even knew what, <laughs> probably know anything about us. That's where you're like, no, we are influential to everyone. No, I don't. I, 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 I don't. I don't think that I didn't even do that. <laughs> By any means. All right, JJ, Josh, thanks so much for taking the time Thank out you. of dinner and breaks and whatnot. I'm stoked to see you guys play. Timmy, we're going to interview you when Lillington's come to Chicago. Sure. Sure. Yes, that is 100% confirmed now. Holding you to it. <laughs> From all of us here at Frisky Morris and Friends, this has been the Out of Towners featuring nobodies. Uh, have a good day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this, and we are out. Bye. See you later.
shit we